Mama, I got bad news, bad news. I've been rolling with some bad dudes, bad dudes. I've been trying to get them back to, back to. I'm just doing what I have to, I have to. I said, Mama, I got bad news, bad moods every day. Brand new tattoos on my face, sad dude. With a head full of rain, I just wanna make it rain, Mama. I will be okay. I feel like I'm my break right now. I feel like making a fucking mistake right now. Ew. I just need a cake right now. Hey, Knuckleheads, welcome to the Dopey Canuck, a podcast dedicated to taking an often but not always humorous look at drugs, addiction, recovery, and all the craziness in between. My name is Tucker Flange. Right out of the gate, guys, I am not trying to glamorize the addiction lifestyle, nor am I trying to minimize the seriousness of the disease of addiction. And make no mistakes, folks, it is a disease, and all too often, a fatal one. So it's Friday, and that means we are at another Final Thoughts Friday. And what that means is we're going to take a look back at the week. It's uh, starting with Monday and the Memorial Monday that we had. This week it was for a dear friend of mine, Leon, who passed way too early as a result of a drug overdose. Also, we'll take a look at the topic discussion from Tuesday, where I kind of took a bit of a deep dive into the nature versus nurture argument. And Wednesday, of course, we had that uh, wonderful unpacking of some tips with Young Sarcasmo, which I had a lot of fun doing for sure. And of course, Thursday was just a funny story with a bit of a moral. For this Friday, though, we do have a special guest who's going to take a look back at the week with me, and that's Bossy Bitch. Uh, she's the one who gets credit for the public service announcements, at least for now, until I find a company who is willing to purchase that little bit of real estate from me in an effort to try and make a living doing this. I'm really looking forward to this because she is able to offer some unique perspective on on how the whole week went and, and at the issues as a whole too because she is a social worker and just about to finish her schooling to kind of level up from that. But I'm going to let her speak more about that on herself. Only adding to her street cred, if you will, is the fact that she herself is in recovery after years in active addiction. So uh, it's, a, it's an honor to have her here on the show today and I'm quite looking forward to that. However, before we get to that point, I've got to get the the work part done first before we can get to the fun part. So a couple quick things to go over. And of course, the first of those things being the PSA, the public service announcement. That's all about the Narcan, guys. And I've talked about this every episode now for, I don't know, it's got to be close to two weeks. And I'm going to keep driving this one home because it's just too goddamn important. So about the Narcan, it is free. It is available at almost every pharmacy. Uh, some jurisdictions have the nasal Narcan, some don't. If you're lucky enough to have it where the nasal is, great, get that because it's 100 times easier to use. Um, and if not, it's not that the Narcan is complicated to use. And realistically, even if you do have it, you probably won't have to use it because the person coming for it or the person that, that you're going to give it to is most likely versed in how to use it. So uh, that said, you should definitely study up on how to do that. I'm not going to give medical advice, not now or ever on this program. So I will leave it to you to just take a quick look on the internet. There's a ton of information about that and how to use them. And I totally understand that the vast majority of my listeners are probably never going to be around irresponsible opioid use. That is just a fact. However, I've said it many a times, you don't know when it's going to be around you, whether you're stuck in traffic and there's somebody on the, on the sidewalk, whether one of your neighbors, you know, happens to come by. There's, there's a million scenarios where it could happen and it's free, it's compact, and there's really no good reason not to have it kicking around, right? So, uh, I implore you to do that, please. If you're listening to this podcast, you're at least interested in enough in the issues that you're probably a person that, that, uh, should have it, right? So at least that's my opinion on the matter. Next on the list is the website, guys. Uh, it's being constantly improved and upgraded. Uh, Casper is diligently working behind the scenes most of the time to 
to get this mission accomplished with me. And, and I'm so grateful to her for that. Of course, you can access all the episodes that, that have been published there. You can also access some of the really cool Dopey Canuck swag, specifically with the You Are Loved collection, where it's got that little text balloon with the You Are Loved in the heart. I've got that on literally every piece of apparel I have uh, I have designed so far for the website. So I think it's a great way to spread the message. We got a new supplier, so I'm able to offer those items at a much better rate than I was previous. So definitely worth a check. And if you are interested in any memorial wear for somebody that you've lost in uh, to the disease of addiction, there is an option for a man's or lady's hoodie and T-shirts as well, uh, where we can do a little bit of customizing and put that person's picture on it. Take a look at the website. They're well worth taking a boo at. And I can do those anywhere in North America. I can send those to. So if you think that uh, you'd be interested in some memorial wear, take a look and uh, get back to me. So. Uh, the website is, of course, www.dopeyconuck.com or .ca. Either one will get you to the same place. I have stopped asking for donations. I'm no longer asking for those. I'm at a point now where I can look for corporate or company sponsors instead. So if you work at a company, know of a company, own a company, where you might be interested in helping to spread the message and, and support the show, please get in touch with me. Uh, get them in touch with me. Put, point me in their direction. I'm looking for good fits, not just anybody, but... Hopefully, I can find somebody that that really appreciates what we're doing and you know can can help support the show. That said, I'm still not making any money doing this, guys. It's uh, it takes up all of my time and most of my money to to get this done. So, if you do want to support the show and make twenty bucks in the process, head on over to the Dopey Canuck website. And if you look in the Dopey Connect swag section down at the bottom, there's this really bright yellow and blue icon there for Coho. It's got detailed instructions how to do it. You sign up, you make a free 20 bucks, I make a free 20 bucks. There's no hassle, there's no bullshit. So I'd appreciate it if you could do that, at least for you folks on the Canadian side. Unfortunately, that's not available to the U.S. And the last thing I want to touch base on is Memorial Mondays. I'm always looking for more submissions. So if there's somebody that you would like to memorialize or if there's somebody you know that would like to pay tribute to somebody with an audio submission, I am taking them. Um, I also will take written, but I do prefer audio. And we can work together to make sure that our lost loved ones are remembered for so much more than how they passed. So as I said earlier, we're sitting here with Bossy Bitch today. She's going to help me take a look back at the week for Final Thoughts Friday. Welcome to the show, Bossy Bitch. Hi, Chuck. How's it going? <laughs> I'm great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining me on the show today. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> So before we get into looking back at the week, I mentioned to the listeners earlier that you're a social worker. So let's just talk about that for a quick second. Um, so you are a social worker or sure. what exactly is going on that sure, way? Sure, yeah, I am. Uh, I took the two-year diploma course and graduated. And so I have my diploma in social work and I decided to continue on, go to university and work on my bachelor's degree. Possibly my master's eventually. That's awesome. That is awesome. Thank you. And of course, I also divulged a bit of your past in saying that, uh, you know, you might have had a history with addiction. Is there a, oh, I sure do. Uh, well, give me a brief rundown on that without, you know, taking up the whole episode. <laughs> okay. Well, I come from uh, a, a history of it for sure. Um, my family had massive problems with addiction. Uh, my mother and father were alcoholics. Uh, my brother and sister were as well. Plus, they dabbled and got very addicted, uh, my brother especially, to opioids. Um, my sister to... So so let me just interrupt for a second. So you say opioids. 
that's taken on such a transformation over the years, especially it in the has. last couple of years, right? So when you say that, do you mean like their traditional back in the day opioids of, you know, the pills or the morphine or, or, yeah, or the and morphine, new morphine of- was big for, for my brother. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just, he ended up getting it for pain cause he was a drywaller and started out with just Percocets kind of thing. And doctor wouldn't prescribe him pills that would, do anything for his pain and he knew people so he ended up buying morphine pills and yeah it went went downhill very fast which is not funny haha funny peculiar in that back in 2009 when i was still in in this city before i left to to go elsewhere um when people were doing down it was heroin yeah right and then there was this whole pill side of things. Yeah. So, you know, it was the Oxycontin, the, the, uh, the morphine the, and all of that. Yeah. And I can still, like, I don't think at that point in my life, it, I knew anybody. And of course, my, my circle was pretty limited, but I don't think I knew a single person that had been prescribed Oxycontin or morphine that hadn't turned into an addict at a street level. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, when it comes to my brother, this was way before Oxycontin. Okay, so you're going like the old grays, yeah, just, grays in that for yeah, for morphine, just morphine. Right? Yeah. Um, uh, he had some friends, one in particular that was wheelchair bound. Uh, she had been in a very bad motorcycle accident, and she was prescribed uh, a multitude of pills, more than she needed. So she supplemented her income by selling them. Which, which is pretty typical pretty addict common. behavior, right? You know, pretty common. Lord yeah. knows that's how I supplied mine. Fortunately, that meant that I was never really a thief. Not that I was an honest guy or anything for the most part, but um, it was selling that I managed to supply my habits with right over the years. So yeah, I guess she just asked for more and more, and Doc just gave her more and more because she was severely injured and wheelchair bound uh, most of the time. Uh, she could walk with walkers and stuff like that, but um, she was in a, a ton of pain. But not as much as what she made it out to be. So she sold them to my brother. And uh, he got off of them, got clean um, with the help of myself and my mother a couple of times and just went back. So what about your foray though? When when did you? Started same way. A lot of pain. Um, Babies back to back. And after I had my last, um, my back went out. And like went out like I, I've never experienced before. I was crawling on my hands and knees to the bathroom kind of thing. And my ex-husband took me to the doctor and he gave me a bunch of perk sets. Really liked those. And uh, it just progressively got worse. But as a lot of opioid users know... Opiates, whether it's Percocets, Oxycontin, whatever, it doesn't kill pain. It just gets you high and makes you forget about it. Although, they're very good at killing emotional pain as well as physical pain. Which all too often is the real cause behind addiction, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I uh, heard you say in an earlier episode that you didn't have a real traumatic childhood. And I didn't either. It was very middle class normal i was never beaten was never molested i i didn't have any bullying at school nothing like that and um so i started smoking pot just kind of experimenting 
didn't really like to drink much at all. Um, but by the time I had this injury to my back after my last child was born, I had some very significant trauma, emotional pain that I was dealing with. And I found that painkillers of the opioid variety um, killed that pain. Okay. It okay. allowed me to deal with that in a much more... Unhealthy way, perhaps? No, a much more significant way than alcohol, which I'm probably the only person I've ever met that set out to become an alcoholic. Oh, and wow. Yeah, okay, let's talk I really about that did. for a second. Yeah, yeah I really did. I, I didn't even like to drink, but uh, I, I lost a daughter to SIDS when she was four months old in 1998. Okay. And the recurrent trauma from that hit me really hard at bedtime. I'd lay down, close my eyes, and the PTSD would just go over and over and over and over. I and it would just can't recycle imagine it. That. It would I just, just recycle it. Yeah. It would just, and I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. So I started to drink and I hated it. I just was like, I can't, I can't drink until I pass out kind of thing. And my brother in his wisdom told me, well, it just takes practice. Oh dear. So oh, practice dear. I did. So, and then and I want to sit down with you again one of these days and really dive into into all of that because I know you have a ton of insight into a lot of this, the trauma, the addiction, mm -hmm. and all of it. Mm -hmm. um, let's fast forward a bit from that. So you're dealing with your trauma with alcohol. Yep. Um, and then you find the opiates. Well, I got pregnant again. So okay. I had to stop alcohol. Okay. Right? And okay. I stopped opiates, everything. Had another baby. Um, and... They call them rainbow babies because they kind of heal you. And he did a lot. Okay. I got a lot, lot better. Um, and then I had another baby and then I had pain. And then off to the races, it just went from Tylenol 3s to Percocets to OxyContin. And to eventually, if it, am I mistaken if I say eventually you found Fenty as a... Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, um when the government decided in their wisdom to change OxyContin to OxyNeo because OxyContin was being so abused, they gave us, I think, a six-month warning that they were going to be changing the formula to a formula that wouldn't be able to be abused. Yeah. Yep. So everybody started looking for a heroin dealer. Okay. And that is across the board. I'm talking grandmas, grandpas, everybody who was addicted to OxyContin. Um, and I... I believe the Mexican cartels couldn't keep up, uh, and so China supplied fentanyl, and people were cutting it into what they called heroin, mm -hmm. and uh, that's what it was, because I had already, at that point, been on heroin, and then it changed significantly okay. to fentanyl. Okay, so, so let's fast forward now to the point, how long, well, I don't ask how long, because that's a personal journey, so um, what... How were you able to kick and get yourself into recovery? What was your, your go-to for that? Well, I had, well, I mean, at first it was a 100-day habit, and then it went to, you know, 500-day, a dollar-a-day habit, and I just, I couldn't do it anymore. So this was quite a, quite a while ago. It was a lot harder to get into a methadone clinic. Uh, the government methadone clinic was three, four-month wait, so I, I joined a private clinic. 
uh, started methadone treatment and weaned myself off of that with 40 pounders of vodka. Yeah. Typical addict behavior yeah, there, right? Oh, we, exactly. We, uh, we tend to One go back. One for the other. Yeah, no kidding. No One kidding. for the other. And um, yeah, quit and relapsed and quit and relapsed. But uh, the first time I relapsed, um, I OD'd. Oh, and okay. I was with people who were responsible, had Narcan on them, called 911. And it took three shots of Narcan and paramedics to bring me back. So I imagine that is why, you know, you kind of took me to task on, on that public service announcement. And sure right, I'm sure that had a lot to do with, with, you know, how we got to that place. Anyway, I sure right? did. It's, it's super important to have it around. Uh, even if you don't think that somebody's going to go down, I certainly didn't think I was going to go down. If I had a nickel, every single person, you know, I've never gone down. Well, then you're due. Right. You yeah, know, and I, I was I was clean at the time. I was just drinking. Okay. And okay. um that probably added to it. But I thought I was just having a hoot of heroin and it had all changed to just See, fentanyl. How fucked up is that statement? Right? I thought I was just having a hoot of heroin. Yeah. How times have changed. Right? Oh yeah. How times it's, have it's changed. It's extraordinarily you know? more potent. Uh, it's it's a deadly thing for yeah. sure. So Yeah, one puff and I was down. Well, I'm certainly glad that you didn't stay down, right? Me too. Me and too. Uh, I'm I'm really glad that you're that you're in recovery as well right now. So yeah, it was it was really hard. One um, that was definitely not my rock bottom. Uh, that was close to it. Okay, okay, but it wasn't my rock bottom. So a quick <clears throat> footnotes or cliff notes on on your rock bottom and where we go from there. I ended up homeless. Yeah, I ended up homeless and couch surfing, and um, ended up with. Bacterial pneumonia from a bug house I was living in. And because I guess roaches shed stuff that you breathe in. and They're horrible. Yeah. Horrible four animals. four yeah. months later, I had bacterial pneumonia. I ended up in a coma. Okay. For two and a half months, I was in the ICU. And uh, from there, I moved to Kamloops with my second eldest son. Just because he wanted to get me away from the city I was in. And it worked for a little while, but tell me, tell me not to do something, okay? <laughs> tell me not to smoke. I'm gonna yes. smoke. Tell so me bossy, not to bossy bitch doesn't just come from being bossy. It might have something yeah. to do with being a little stubborn too, right? Yeah, exactly. Tell me not to do something, and um, because I I did what I was told not to do. It was just cigarettes and alcohol. Um, my whole family left me alone for that Christmas. I've unfortunately I've been there for well for a few Christmases so yeah and it doesn't take much to ask around when you know where to go even if it's a new city that you don't know oh birds of a feather birds of a feather flock yeah, together you, you wanted to you could stick me in a totally foreign city and so somewhere I've never been and three months and later half. I'll be the plug you know yeah, yeah and I, so, i've proven that actually a couple times in my life now so, yeah everybody was gone know. for like four days and i went on a bender and i can't believe i survived it i mean just by luck i survived it because i was all alone using and i hadn't been doing opioids and it was fentanyl by that point yeah and that lasted three months and I got myself back into a methadone clinic. Well, I'm sure glad you did. So Yeah, me too. Me too. So now, okay, now you're in recovery. You're here. Yep. Um, I want to start touching base on this past week because there's kind of a lead-in with okay. that, of course, sure. right? So, And uh, you and I met 
um, through, of course, and ultimately the death of the death of Leon. Right? That's right. So, but we kind of lived parallel lives for a long time. For years, hey? For I, years. I heard stories about <laughs> Chuck for, oh my God, yeah. forever. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. I, a lot of the stories that you've actually told on the podcast, um, I've heard from different angles <laughs> from Leon and, and from other friends. And they're pretty much, you know, um, what's that, uh, consistent, right? Oh, I know, absolutely. I get a kick. Yeah, I get they, a kick. They out. sound like lies. When I first heard them, I was like, no friggin' way. What I really get a kick out of with all of those stories and when I start talking to the guys is, my memories are my memories, and they're like they're twenty years I've been telling these stories, mm-hmm. so they vary differently a little bit, a little right? Bit. So there's always these little variants. So but when the I, fundamentals are there, yeah. When I talk to the guys, is I always get a kick at comparing details on what I remember, <laughs> what they remember, right? And, yeah. and kind of the little differences, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty proud to say that I don't, you know, um, make myself out to be something I'm not for most of them anyway, right? There's mm-hmm. been a time or two where I, you know, maybe I've taken too much credit in one of them or, or whatever, but for the most part, I like to think I'm, you know, pretty good at and keeping it real. I gotta <laughs> say, for the most part you guys were shitheads oh we were like, absolutely shitheads. but nobody was like inherently evil no no not at all not one of us and, actually and and no anybody, that's not true the ones that were came into it you right. outed them absolutely like absolutely. immediately we were uh, just talking about one of them last night who yeah, it's just you I just know. you know what you've been voted off the island you know yeah, <laughs> right? like just, so those no. those guys just didn't last right? and you and know. the funny thing is is that anybody who stuck around the same city that leon was in um i met of course. Um, when we got back together, that's a long story, but um, yeah, and <laughs> fuck around. The first time he met me, he was like, "Really? <laughs> I, we thought you were a myth." He said, <laughs> <laughs> "No shit." No. <laughs> so, so let's get into that then. So, um, Leon Sutter, who we're not naming, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, she didn't use her name in that episode, so. Um, so we don't do that, but, uh, that's, that's a memorial that she submitted to the show. What'd you think of that? It was so beautiful. She really did capture her father's, uh, inner, inner him, like just who he really was. Didn't she though? I was, yeah, Yeah. I was completely blown away and that, that was the fourth one. And now you've listened to every episode I that I've published so have, far, right? So, including, of course, some memorials. And yeah. what I've I've talked about this a couple times in the last few days with with different people, the differences in those episodes, right? How how amazing and to me that's what makes them so powerful is uh, they're the same because you know they've they've passed the way they have, but it really shows how much all of these people are truly individuals, humans, you know, who are who have been loved and love and. Um, for yeah. me, I, I mean, there's so much power in that. You know? There is for sure, but it's not a surprise. No, it's not no. like coming from um, addiction and being in the lifestyle and knowing a lot of people who have substance misuse issues, no matter what they are, they don't want to be there. They may have wanted to at first because, oh, this is fun and oh, this makes me feel better. But it, it never ends that way. No, it sure doesn't. It sure doesn't, it right? You know, there's one thing that's, I don't want to say I've always admired, but something that I sure noticed and took note of, I guess. Um, I never went down that road with fentanyl, and I've never been into the downside of thing. I've been an upside, so, you know, I was a crack of rex, but um, I was around it a lot. And 
this communal thing, it's, it's a twisted thing to, to look at in this light, but when somebody gets dope sick, they are so unbelievably sick, right? They are in pain. They are, it's a horrible thing to witness. Yep. And I have watched time and time again, somebody will half of what they have left. They'll share it with somebody else knowing that in two hours from now, they're going to hate their life for doing it. But it's just this weird, I'm going to help you out because I know how you feel thing. Yeah, and, it's incredible. Right? Isn't it though? And it, and it only adds to this thing that I've been saying just over the last couple of months since I started the podcast really in that if all the drug, all the drug addicts in the world stopped, you'd all be fucked. Right? <laughs> <laughs> because there's a sense of, of um, helping each other that just you just don't see in in day to day life. I, I mean, I'm trying to change do, that. You do, and we all are, and, and I know you are. <laughs> you're, you're pretty There's amazing. A, there is efforts, another right? way. There is another way. Of course, there is. But um, and and the and of course, there's that ingenuity, right? <laughs> the yeah. resourcefulness that comes from drug addicts. Is there, so oh, yeah. You combine that with this ability to care about each other, and if all the drug addicts sobered up, the rest of the world would be fucked. We take over, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, know, absolutely. In a hurry. Yeah. But in a very good way. Absolutely. You know what I yeah. mean? Because yeah. uh, I think we're inherently helpful. Um, a lot of us have been hurt really badly even before drugs came into the picture. Yep. And that's the whole reason why I chose social work because it was a social worker in a hospital that pointed me in the right direction to get the help that I desperately, desperately needed. I was clean by that point, but I was confused I didn't have a clear picture of why I was an addict mm-hmm. when I didn't want to be. I didn't like what I was doing to myself and my kids, and my loved ones. Of course. But yeah. um, I was two days away from getting released from the hospital and going right back out. And what happened? And I was introduced to a program, uh, a very wonderful program that I hope to one day introduce everyone to here, but I'm going to get their permission. Um, they took me in for, it was a year program. I graduated in nine months cause I rock and I bust ass and I hit every point they wanted me to cause I wanted to get into school that coming September. Okay. Okay. So, so I graduated from the program, got into upgrading. And, that, and that's what brings you here, right? Yeah. So. Uh, off to the races. It's, um, I, I don't count my sober time kind of like you do. I, I just, it, it doesn't work for me i've had slip-ups um in the time that i count myself as sober yeah yep. um, because i have been for the grand majority of the time and doing really well in school and All I, that jazz, yeah. yeah and and i just don't count my sober time but if i i look back on it it's been almost five years since uh, i graduated that program and good for you uh, good for you I'm just doing it now, and and I want to be a social worker to help others. I want to pay back what that one social worker in the hospital did for me. Well, that's admirable. And yeah. Honestly, what she did is she came in. She didn't. She didn't even talk. She just introduced herself, sat down, and said, "Tell me about yourself, and let me talk." Well, the power of listening. Listened. Eh? She the listened. Power, the power of listening. And once, uh, once I got it all out, she said, uh, "You really need to call this woman." And I did. Good stuff. Good so stuff. It worked out really well for so, me. getting back to to um, Leon's memorial, mm-hmm. um, the unconventional parenting part of that. Now, I don't want you to speak specifically to Leon. Mm-hmm. 
as a broad sense and, and rather quickly on it because right. uh, I, I don't want to spend the whole episode talking about it, but the unconventional parenting side of things. And, and I have, um, I just recently said in an episode how I kind of stay Switzerland with a lot of that stuff. Right. Um, but I love my guests' opinions. So where where do you fall with that? Okay, well, well, Leon and I were common law for seven years, just about seven years. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, obviously, same kind of unconventional, unconventional parenting. Yeah. Um, we agreed on a lot of things, and my sons feel the same way about me. Um, they come to me. I'm the one they call if they need a ride, if something's going down, uh, if they, like Lisey, or, sorry. It's okay. Um, you know, she, she had to tell her dad, oh, I smoke, I smoke dope. Are you mad? Kind of thing. <laughs> I got. Um, that story was so cute. <laughs> yeah, it was really yeah. cute. And yeah. then not so cute. I had my son say, uh, well, I did a line of cocaine and. Oh, I had to take a moment there because <laughs> I've warned them, you know, you just don't know what's in it. And you don't anymore. You don't anymore. You just so. don't know what's in it. All right. So, okay. Tuesday. Tuesday, we did the um, nature versus nurture. And I know you're going to have shit to weigh in because you're you, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, and that's, if you notice, that's kind of why I'm moving the conversation mm. along because mm. I know if I let you go forever on any one topic, yeah. that oh, it's going to sure. be a three-hour and, episode, And I right? do have actually a really <laughs> neat perspective on this because I adopted <laughs> identical twins. Okay. Okay, and um, their birth mother is my niece. So... Uh, bloodline wise they're they're my great nephews but um we adopted them from birth we took them home from the hospital and i can see her mannerisms from when she was a child all through their lives Mm -hmm. and one more than the other which is bizarre i don't understand that and identical twins to boot identical twins to boot and and one of the most rare kind of identical twins they actually shared the same sack uh, the same uh, amniotic sac and the same placenta. So they separated really late. We were actually kind of concerned that they were mirror image twins, but they're not. Um, but they're identical, identical. We had to paint one of them, one of their toenails blue when we brought them home from the hospital so we could tell them apart. They were both six pounds a piece when they were born. It was just really strange. But um, watching them grow, there's a lot of nurture in there for sure because they were raised by myself and their father even though we divorced when they were two but um the mannerisms and attitudes ideas about stuff are so their birth mother yeah like i can just see it in them and so as it applies to addiction specifically though how do you feel about that that scares me because she um she had an older daughter as well when we adopted the twins. She was only 19, and she ended up uh, not raising her daughter, and she's been hooked on fentanyl for years and years and years. We oh, I'm uh, sorry to hear that. seen her or heard from her for quite a while. So if you had to weigh in, if you had to weigh in, one side or the other, nature versus nurture, you land on? Nurture. Nurture? Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely more of our teachings and... Our lessons, life lessons, and and just everything that we've taught them that mm-hmm. have stuck, which is great, the which little is things great. Right. that they that we see 
uh, of her in them. Okay. Um, okay. It is few and far between, and it was an op- an open adoption, but they've never remember meeting her. She hasn't seen them since she was since they were about one. Okay. Okay. So, all right, and then we went into what was our next one Wednesday? Oh, that was. Uh, uh, the unpacking with with young sarcasmo there, young sarcasmo. Yeah, that was great. I'm well, really glad you got some some fresh blood, some younger blood in here. Right? Hey, I, I yeah. just um, he's a natural for one, and I can see him kind of weighing in as the you know maybe the uh, the local expert on young people, maybe Absolutely. in future episodes, right? And so. Absolutely, and I love the list. Um, I personally, I mean, I'm older, but I would have given it like an eight. Yeah. Instead yeah. of a six, I think a lot of those work really well in situations where you just want to say no, uh, especially being in recovery or even for young people. I've given my kids the same sort of advice, but one wasn't mentioned What's that, that? Uh, I has I have told my kids to use it. They've used it and it's worked wonders. I have an allergy. Oh, shit, eh? I never thought yeah, about that. Okay. I have an allergy to that. If I do that with you, I will go into anaphylaxis. Do you want to go to the hospital tonight? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I don't need that happening by contact, so keep that shit away from me, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. it's worked like a charm. They're like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> See, now that mind. makes me think of the whole fucking peanut butter thing, and now yeah, you're causing me trauma. Absolutely. So, right. <laughs> and, and I mean, a lot of kids, um, younger ages, have grown up with friends who have allergies that are very serious. Yeah. So, I mean, for them to say, no, I'm allergic to nicotine or to cigarettes or to cocaine or whatever... It works like a charm. They no leave kidding, it alone right no then. kidding. So now I got to go on a bit of a rant about that, right? Yeah. I, just the other day, I was having this argument with uh, not argument, this discussion with uh, with Casper and Dunright about the fucking peanut butter kids, right? So yeah. nobody knows anybody, right, whose kid got hurt at school because of a, somebody else's peanut butter goddamn sandwich. So at what point <laughs> am I not allowed to take a peanut butter sandwich to school? Like when did that happen? Late nineties. You know, it was such bullshit. I was what for me, I didn't even know it was a thing. And I found myself a step parent to I guess they were about ten and twelve at the time, the kids. Yeah. And I went to make the lunch and I was being like just I, I looked at School like I, like I kicked the cat or yeah. something, right? About making his peanut butter yeah. sandwich. Yeah. What the shit, right? And what a surprise it was to me, right? Yeah. And a lot you know? of people have the same attitude of like, screw that. Like right? it's the cheapest you know? thing that I can send my kids. I'm not made yeah. of money. And quite frankly, if your kid's got the peanut allergy, they're probably pretty aware of a peanut allergy, right? They so are. you know they know they not are. to go sit if they see or you know what I mean? Like I just again However, I don't know nobody knows anybody. <laughs> okay, you know, well I'm know? gonna inform you. Um just because my my kids weren't allowed to bring peanut butter or anything with peanuts in it to school for a long time when we lived in a smaller town. And it was because there was a child in their school, not even in their class, that had such an allergy that if a kid in a different classroom had a peanut butter sandwich or a granola bar with peanut butter and then used a, a water fountain and he came up and touched it or touched a doorknob to a classroom, but he would go into And I appreciate it. So in those cases, when you know there's a kid in the school, yeah. then yeah, you have to absolutely enforce yeah. it. I just and think it's gone over the Right. Over and the top, and I'm, right? my yeah. husband's, uh, my ex-husband's opinion at the time was, well, we'll homeschool him. Well, no, that's not fair either, right? I mean, right, and that's what I thought. I thought, you know, why should this kid have to, you know, not experience being socialized, social development, and everything, just because we can give our kids peanut butter? Guess what? Leave out the peanut butter, put jam. Yeah, let's. If you're that, if you're that, instead of raising a serial killer, you know, right? Like, let's let's just you know, and and the kids, (laughs) the kids couldn't have cared less. They cared about their friend. 
Of course they did. Of they did. They, they did. cared about their friend. Uh, from the mouths of babes, right? Yeah, so. they cared about their friend. And this new generation coming up, man, they care about their friends so much more than anything that is going to put a cramp in their style. I tell you, like the, with the pronouns and the guys wearing skirts, they're like, who gives a shit? Right. Yeah. Move on with your life, <laughs> dad. It don't matter. You know what I mean? And they just blow it off yeah. and move on and go on with their life. No kidding. No, it's, it's, it's a better it's world for it that way anyway. Right? I, mean, well, I, I mean, in some cases it's gone over the top, but we could, that's a whole other sure, episode sure, right now. Sure. That's another episode on another podcast. But it is, right? it is really nice to see younger people these days just not caring about these little sticking points that our our parents and, and grandparents would have blown their top over. No kidding, eh? Yeah. No kidding. Oh, I, and I like to see it. I think definitely it's more a more woke world as much as I hate that word. It's, it certainly yeah, is. Yeah, I don't know no if it's friend. so much woke as it's just more caring. Yeah, fair enough, eh? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. So, and then of course, Thursday, I don't think you've listened to Thursday's episode yet. Um, but it was, it was a funny story. It was, it was a crazy story. And really the, the lesson on that one was, um, cause my, my mom tasked me with, you know, getting, making a takeaway for all of these stupid fucking crazy stories that I like to tell. Uh, right. Right. Okay. <laughs> so right. I always feel compelled now that, you know, at the end of these stories, I have to have a moral and sometimes it's not, sometimes it was just some really funny shit that happened. Right. Yeah. So, but in this particular one, um, I was, I had some, a good amount of clean time in. I was living, uh, very much a citizen life. I was, um, had a position of responsibility, a, mm-hmm. a lot of responsibility at work. And I ended up, you know, partying with this, this crazy guy I call franchise just here and there. But in retrospect, that here and there led to ultimately, you know, sequence of events over years. But ultimately that led to my, my undoing and, you know, mm-hmm. me ending up in really terrible situations. So, yeah. so that's, that's the week at a recap anyway. Right. And of course, that brings us to my favorite part of the show, the Daily Gratitudes, which are now brought to you by the No New Friends podcast for adults who love to laugh at adulting. And um, these guys have, specifically the creator, Scott, and I connected through a Facebook group, and he's been very generous with his advice and his friendship, really. Um, he's a, he's an expert at relationship builder, he told me, at relationship building, he told me once, so... Uh, guys, check that out. For me, it really is an outlet after recording some of the more serious episodes, such as the Memorial Mondays. And uh, sometimes you just need to laugh because those those episodes can be emotionally taxing, to say the least. So check them out. That's the No New Friends Podcast. And their website is com. Anyway, getting into the gratitudes. By now, it's not an ambush anymore. I kind of got a kick out of doing that the first few interviews I did. But <laughs> bossy bitch, I'm going to task you to give me three daily gratitudes for today. Oh, absolutely. That that's easy for me. Um Monday's memorial podcast was amazing and that's my gratitude for today because I've been thinking about it all day. Um my stepdaughter is an amazing amazing woman and she captured her father so well and I'm so grateful to have had a part in her life and that of her children. So I'm very grateful for her in my life. Um, you know, I, you know I just, I got to say something real quick on that. When she sent me that episode, that is the first time I've heard her voice since she was a little, little girl, uh-huh. like six, 
Oh. Five, maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I talked to her quite a bit leading up to the submission. But when I did get it, it was just like, oh, my God, this child has turned into her dad. Oh, yeah. Right? She's hearing so her, smart. Hearing like, his words come out of her mouth. Wasn't that amazing? Me yeah, goosebumps absolutely. every time. Okay. Yeah, yeah, her mouth and my son's mouth, uh, hearing his words come out of I can imagine. Is, is crazy. But, yeah, that's my number one for okay. sure. Uh, number two is um, – Actually, it's called the Doors app. Now, I don't know if anybody's heard about this because I, I think it's relatively new in Alberta. And Doors stands for, um, geez, what does it stand for now? Digital Opioid Response System. And it's an app that active opioid users, or I guess any drug users, if they feel they're going to do a lot, uh, can put on their phone. It's anonymous. Uh, you just set it up. And then before you use, I mean, obviously you're not supposed to use alone, but because of shame, a lot of us don't have family and friends that know about the extent of our issues and we end up losing, we end up using alone and then we end up dying in bathrooms and by ourselves. And with this Doors app, you can extend it, uh, but it's a live thing if you use. And then if you don't answer, they call you. And if you don't answer that, they show up at your door and they can revive okay, you. Okay, so, so just to, to step by step this, you install the app. Install the app. You're doors. about to use. You tell the app that you're about to use and yeah, where you are. It's just an, it, anonymous. You put your phone mm. number into it and where yep. you are and how to get into your apartment or how to get into your house, whatever, right? And go ahead and use. And then if... You know, you don't go down, it, it, little alarm goes off, you shut it off or extend it. Um, but if you don't shut it off or extend it, then a real alarm goes off on your phone trying to wake you up. First if that doesn't work, if that doesn't work, they call you if you don't answer and say, no, no, I'm fine. Uh, they show up at your door and they can revive you. So you leave your, your door open or you give them directions on how to get in. That's amazing. And if everything's fine, then nobody shows up. They just say, okay, great. You shut it off and no problem. But nobody should use alone. And uh, this is a reason that you don't have to. So if you're in active addiction, please download it on your phone. It's free. You can find it on Google Play. It's just uh, capital D-O-R-S app. Thank you for that, Bossy so, Bitch. I think yeah, um, that's, that's going to find its way into a PSA here. I hope so. Yeah, I, and that's yeah. the second gratitude for the day. And and the third is uh, taking the chance on coming to meet me when we had just talked over text a couple of times. And I said, hey, man, like I, I've known you for years. You're family. Come on out. <laughs> and spending some time with me and reminiscing. And uh, I'm so proud of what you're doing. Oh, I hope you. it's fan- I, I think it's fantastic. I think it's going to reach a lot of people and help a lot of people. So uh, that I'm, is the hope. I'm very grateful yeah. for you. And thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So uh, that leaves one more gratitude for me, guys. And that is, as always, you, the listeners, you guys are helping me reach a dream, really, day in and day out. Every time you share this, every time you listen to an episode, every time you talk to somebody about it, you are helping to spread a message that I feel couldn't be more important. So I really am appreciative of that. And hey, listen, guys, if you are in active addiction right now, make today the day. Today could be the day that you start that lifelong journey of healing. So reach out to a friend, reach out to a family member, go to a meeting, call into detox, do whatever it is you got to do, because it really is better on this side. And if you're the loved one of an addict, you just took the time to listen to my podcast. And for that, I do love you. If you could just take two minutes out of your day and message that loved one, let them know they are loved. Use the words. You are loved. 
that little glimmer of hope just might be the thing that brings them back. My body's getting cold, my life is running low. Bill me falling, my life is running out. I pray I'd make it now. But if I don't, it will be okay. You another day, and I'm not scared to go. It will be okay. I'll find you another way, and I'm not scared to go because Cause when I die, I'll be happier. So please don't cry